You're listening to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. I am your host, Jason Cooper. This is all about sales, sales leadership, psychology behind the cell, and it's all about interviewing some phenomenal people. Today, we have a panel discussion, uh, which was recorded via LinkedIn Live. Uh, some really good co-facilitators and trainers and sales trainers that I work with at Talsmart.com. Um, we have the guests with Wilson Rumble, Jazzy Singh, Brian Flanagan, and myself. I think you'll find this a little bit interesting. It's all about neuroscience of change and how sales is slightly changing and how we facilitate it obviously using online but in a slightly different way uh, i think you're going to like this discussion hey good morning good evening and good afternoon and wherever you are in this wide wonderful beautiful world welcome to the global sales leader podcast with your host jason cooper I'm a sales strategist, I'm a sales coach. I help deliver better results. This series is all about insightful leaders. Leaders in tech, leaders in training, leaders in psychology. This one is a panel discussion, so I've got some awesome people here today. Uh, They're all uh, trainers and have an eclectic background. Uh, I'm really excited today because I know it's going to be wonderful, but We are talking about, uh, there are definitely many different facets of change and transformation within the sales industry now. And the highlights of neuroscience is one of those things that will make a difference going forward. And how can we impact this? And how can we use this for our advantage as trainers and facilitators? And look, we are all salespeople at the end of the day. Everyone is a salesperson. So, with my little video. I know it's gone a little bit further on than that. That now, if I'm your boss, then layer on that very clear. CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, no laureate. So, really has to come What really makes a resilient person? Because uh, I coach people and all that. Hey, welcome, 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 welcome. I have four guests in the room today and it's all a, a panel discussion. Because what we what we noticed over the last few years, and especially uh, since COVID, everything has fast forwarded, I'd say about five years. And now as facilitators, we have to jump on board with that change. And how can we make a drastic change within the the industry that we're all in? So I've got some phenomenal guests. So I'm going to go down below first. I've got Wilson. Wilson, could you just tell me who you are and uh, your background? Sure, sure. Yeah, my name is Wilson Rumble, and I'm a sales enablement facilitator and coach with a wide variety of sales training and sales experience, both in the business to business and business to business, business to government sectors. So I've worked at companies like Oracle, Computer Associates and Platinum Technology, helping them propel and drive their sales force forward. It's good to be here. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Brian, which is uh, down... Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's over there. Brian Flanagan, how are you doing the today? We're, we're the Brady Bunch. Brian Flanagan, Flanagan Training Group. I've been doing this since last century. I spent 14 years with the IBM Corporation. I spent 29 years with the Zig Ziglar Corporation. And for the last several years, I've had my own training company. So I'm an active salesperson who sells and then delivers the training. I uh, love sales, love salespeople. I had a lot of help getting here. So that, that's why I'm in the training business. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Brian. Jazz, Jazzy, and how are you? Hey. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. This is Jesse Singh. I'm the CEO of a sales training company called TelSmart. And I've been delivering trainings uh, for the last around 16 years. I've been selling for the last around 20 years. I love sales and more specifically technology sales because it's very, very different than any kind of sales. It's more complex. And I learned it and uh, I really enjoy doing it. So the intention here is to come and share whatever we know. Brilliant. Like we've, we've all noticed the difference within uh, the industry. Like I've been delivering and I've been learning and learning lots about the mind, lots about the brain, neuroscience, behavioral economics and all of that. But since we're now in this square box world, what has changed? What's made a difference? So Wilson, how do you see it now? How, how do you see the difference in the different styles, maybe the blended styles that we're, we're in right now? Sure. Well, I think the, the, the biggest difference that I'm noticing because of the COVID pandemic is that there is much more virtual sales training. And as a result, it's, it's a totally different medium. Um, not only are we adapting to this technology and engaging our students with that, but we're also training our students to do virtual selling. So it's not just, it's us showing, being the model for the sales reps to actually be conducting, you know, virtual selling in their own environment. So that's that's a big change. And, and there are different techniques um, for engaging sales reps, which I can talk about if you like, um, that I think lend themselves more to the virtual environment than they do to the face-to-face -face environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brian, what, how do you see that? Like, you've been doing this for... Um, forever in a day, uh, you're highly experienced uh, working with the Ziegler Corporation. What's changed between the, the times since we fast forwarded to the internet generation? But how, how are you seeing it now? How, how are you seeing the sort of blended learning approach and fast forwarding that? The sort of the same question to Wilson. Yeah. Obviously, the pandemic has, has thrust us into a, an accelerated learning and a difference in that learning, how we deliver things. Uh, and we all know that we've all been affected by that. But I want to switch gears a little bit during this period of time. One thing that hasn't changed is we still need the basics. No matter how it's delivered, no matter how you are speaking to your clients, contacting your clients, you still have to have basic skills to be able to do that. You still need basic processes with all of this other technology that has all hit us very hard. And, and to your point, very quickly. And one of the things yeah. I've noticed is that people last year at this time were panicking on, well, how do I contact? Well, how did you contact before? You had some activity, you had some type of plan, you had verbal openings, and then you went out and contacted people. Well, why aren't you doing that now? Now, I, I will admit that it took me a 
couple of weeks to understand that I got to return to basics, but some people still haven't learned that. So the technology is a given. What we need to do is remember what brought us to the dance and using the technology. Yeah. Yeah. I totally and utterly agree. That's a, a really good point there. And Jazz, how, how are you seeing that as well? Yeah, to me, it was very interesting because I used to trot along the globe uh, training people and I myself learned that physical interaction with my uh, students or participants. And, you know, even with the physical training environment, I could see that people doze off after 20 minutes or so because it's very difficult for the human brain to be engaged continuously and we are adults. You know, there are emails, there are other things. So my uh, craft was to keep people more engaged. I used to tell them that, hey, don't get offended if I ask you a ton of questions because that's what I'm known for. But the idea is to make the session interactive because otherwise you'll be dozing up, you'll fall asleep. And when I'm talking about the concept, sometimes they're deep, sometimes it takes time. So when it came to the virtual environment for me myself, I was like, damn, even I'm not enjoying that thing. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, you are not used to the new environment. As Brian said, it took me a while to understand it's okay. It's, it's the same kind of interaction. The basics what I'm going to have is just that the span is going to be much more shorter. So what I started doing, we started uh, introducing the video, for example, which you played or some kind of interactive exercises reaching out to people, calling out their names, and giving them the floor as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were certain people when, you know, last moment, even in your podcast, when people join, you don't know them. So take a pause, go back to them and say, okay, fine, you join you, we don't know you. So those are the things which change. But I think the major thing for me is that the, the, the amount of, attention needed in a virtual learning world is slightly more. So people like us have to make it more interesting for our participants to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally concur with that. Uh, and there is a thing called the Pomodoro technique, which is the brain has an attention span and it switches off. Uh, they do say the attention span is up to about 90 minutes, but we know with technology and uh, how the, the younger generation, and we all were a younger generation at some point, is our attention span switches off and then the phone is in, then you've got tabs open on your computer. But how can we engage that? How can we utilize what we know? How can we use that to our benefit to keep the brain stimulated and keep them stimulated by using sort of memory brain techniques to stimulate that? Brian, you're an expert in that area with storytelling. How, how would you do that with the online world? How would you facilitate that? I'm a big believer to teach them, you got to reach them. And as Jazzy said, it may be interaction, it may be videos. Uh, to your point, uh, Jazzy, you said that you tell them early that they're, they're going to be called on. Leave your egos at the doorstep. Nobody can be picked on, but everybody's going to be involved. And, and I'm a firm believer that your skills don't change a great deal from classroom to virtual because you've got to bring more energy now, but that energy comes from your voice, your, your facial expressions, your eye contact. Uh, one, one of the things that I noticed in the last 14, 15 months, when I went to a virtual environment, I didn't know much about it. The, the, the strength of what you needed in COVID was my weakness. As you can see, I still don't have a studio. 
But I went online and I went through dozens, literally dozens of tutorials on how to do virtual training. Yeah. Well, about three months later, all of that was out the window. You don't have to have the camera at a certain level. You don't have the best background. Talk to the people, engage the people, be yourself. And it doesn't have to be a production. And that was a great lesson for me. Storytelling is still important. I'm a great believer that, look, we're working with salespeople. All salespeople are manic depressive. Now, Wilson, that means they're bipolar. And, and when, when, when they're selling, they're happy. And when they're not selling, they look like the picture on their driver's license. And, and you're, always, you're always competing for salespeople's attention. Your skills bring that out. Your material brings that out. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're thinking about and, and preparing to do some of the interaction and having things that fail and then come back and tweak it and have things that succeed. But I'm, I'm, I'm still a big believer that your, your skills, the first thing you got to do is be good in, in selling or anything else. Second thing, if I'm not if I'm not reaching out, if I'm not connecting, if I'm not building that bond, that's a long session, whether it's 30 minutes or 90 minutes. Yeah, I totally concur. Go, yeah, yeah. go on, Wilson. You sent you. I totally agree with everything that, that Brian has said. And and having said that, I think that there's an opportunity to be looking at this new environment that we're in right now as something to leverage and as a positive, as an opportunity. And as an example, um, one of the things that I could not do in a, in a physical environment was actually have people physically engage by actually writing things. Uh, you know, that was like a, you know, I would say, what are the challenges to prospecting? And, and I'd have people raise their hand and they would tell me and I'd write it up on the blackboard. With Virtual selling, you now have things like virtual uh, whiteboards that you can engage the students with to have them actually participate. There's the chat. So there's different modalities to, to engage the, the student that you didn't have in the physical environment. And as Brian was saying, I think you need to recognize we are in a little bit more of a challenging environment, and so you need to grab a hold of all, all of the toolkits and abilities to, to make the engagement the best that it can be. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, something that I do is I get them to run around the house and pick up stuff. Like I, I've done, uh, they run to the, the, the bathroom and they get the toilet roll and they bring that back in and then you do a, a game around the toilet roll. So you write one, two or three on the toilet roll. So you make it interactive or you pick something around you which is relation to space so you're making it sort of an interactive things like uh grab a book or sell me the book or talk to me about the book or present the book or something like that so it's uh you're using something around you and you're also using relation to space and what i mean by that is you've got to make sure that when you're engaging with your trainees or your salespeople, is to let them know where you're at Meaning I'm in my office now, which is located on the first floor. And this is, I might even pick up my camera and show what's over there. They don't want to see what's over there, but I might do that <laughs> because it's, it's that big T, that's big trust. And to know that I'm a real person and there's other things around me. So I think having the, the, the not the, um, the virtual background makes, as Brian said, makes a huge difference. 
Jazz, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's very important. My case, what I tell them is, as Brian said, you know, hey, trust is very, very important. If you're talking to me, relax. You know, be comfortable in your own space, wherever you are. Even if you're in a bin, doesn't matter, man. We're here to learn. So yeah. the way I do or conduct my trainings is that, you know, you were working and you will be working. This is the only session where you can open up, speak, and no one's judging you. Number two, be very comfortable or wherever you are because we're all in this state because previously everyone will come down to a ballroom or an office meeting room, desk formally and whatsoever. Today, no, it's okay. And number three, I go with this mental sessions of seven to 10 minutes with breaks. So if I'm talking uh, two to four or five minutes, I'll stop and have somebody else talk. And the more the interaction starts, they're engaged with you. And then the next thing, uh, as you said, that the space model is, yeah, show them around that this is who I am. This is where uh, I conduct my trainings. And you tell them to do exactly the same when they're talking to their clients as well. Be comfortable who they are. Connect with the clients first. Have empathy because we don't know who's going with what or going through what. So, And then the learning comes into play. And that has to be very interactive. So the way we have done is we have converted the sales training into videos. It's a movie where, you know, if you are in our sales hunter uh, series, so we'll show you about a guy named Sam and that's about his life. And I'll be conducting that training or orchestrating it and people are connected to Sam's journey in sales and that's all virtual. And he's also trying to do virtual selling, you know, pushing the sales from prospecting all the way to close. So it's it's more fun and interactive where you say, okay, what do you think what's going to happen next with Sam and stuff? So what do you think he did good? What do you think was bad? So that's, that's what I feel. So interaction number one. Uh, establishing a trust with them, uh, very, very important, and being very comfortable in the space where you are. Yeah, I think that's absolutely awesome. Uh, just uh, for everyone else to know, uh, on the show notes, there'll be a, a link to an assessment. So if you want to change, have a look at the assessment, I'll put that up on uh, LinkedIn afterwards. And anyone that's listening to that, everyone that's listening to this, because this is absolutely awesome, as I would think, how can we, uh, look? We're all salespeople. We love to talk, don't we? But what about those other things that we have on our head? How can we engage people to make sure they embed the learning? Because I'm always worried about how can we make sure that what we say is interactive but practical and they use and utilize what we give them as a gift because we are giving them a gift. We are giving them something and it doesn't matter whether you're the most smartest person in the world, high IQ, or just good emotional intelligence. So how can we embed this? How can we use and utilize this technology that we have around us to make sure that the uh, the training is done and there's follow-up behind that? Uh, Wilson, I'll throw that to your corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, um, aside from utilizing the you know, the virtual blackboard, which I talked about. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, this is not so much a, a technical exercise, but I'm a huge fan of utilizing case studies uh, that are applicable 
to the sales people that you're actually training them to because they can walk away and say, yeah, you know, I've actually been in that situation. And when you provided the techniques and you get them to actually practice them themselves and also not just get feedback from you, but get feedback from the other students as well. You get them feeling like they're, as Brian was talking about, a community of trust and that there actually is a knowledge pool here there where everybody can share. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jazz, what about yourself? Yeah, two things. As one Wilson very rightly said, uh, we generally don't go for generic sales training. We go for technology sales training, and in particularly, it's case study-based sales training, which is very similar to a mini MBA kind of thing. And in my teaching style, what I do is a three or a four-step approach, uh, which I learned from Toastmasters International. Number one, you tell them what are you going to tell them. Number two, you tell them what you were going to tell them. Number three, you repeat what you told them. And maybe at the end of the session, or next day, you recap what you have told them. So it takes those many iterations for someone to get that concept straight in their head. So those two things, the case studies combined with this uh, model, which I use, it creates a good impact and majority of the people who attend the trainings, they they retain a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something to do with the mirror neurons, which is in the front part of the brain. So if you can jump inside their head in how you present it, it stays in there uh, a lot longer. But it has to be done in a way that they practice almost straight away because the retention of memory if they don't use it, they lose it. So, Brian, what do you think about that? Several thoughts. Many years ago, I was taught by a great salesperson, <clears throat> excuse me, if you want your prospect to listen to you, give them something worth listening to. And with that comes what value are you driving in your, your modules? What values are you driving, as Jazzy says, at seven minutes? And, and that goes back to something I heard just recently. There's a difference between education and training. And I've, I've dealt with that for a while, but this guy said, think about this, there's a difference between education and training. Would you rather your children be in sex education or sex training? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a good I, one, Ryan. Didn't I, know you were going to call it here. <laughs> good. Yeah, I tried to work that in, Jason. I'm sorry. But what, oh, no, what no, what that means to me is that I'm teaching them to do something, not to know something. And the case studies that both Wilson and Jazzy have said allows them to see outside themselves. And what I really like about uh, what, what Tal Smart is doing, I mentioned earlier verbal openings. What do you say when you have to say it? If I'm a salesperson, whether I'm, I'm a veteran or I'm, I'm just starting out, you, you can tell me all you want to tell me, but at some point in time, I've got to speak. I've got to ask a question. And to me, that's where the rubber meets the road. The, the skill set that you bring in your training, the skill set that you bring in your selling is what's going to make the difference, not your knowledge, but the behavior behind that knowledge. So the value you drive is, is training them on how to use this concept, not the concept, but how to use the concept. 
Yeah. That makes and sense. I think and I think they'll listen to I think that Jason I think they'll listen to you more often if they're getting value out of hey tomorrow I've got one of these well, what am I going to do well suddenly they're attentive yeah I, I think that's absolutely awesome Wilson what uh, what about yourself I, I I like that idea and uh, you you raised the images in my head there Brian and uh, that's what it's all about and I think we all have to be curious uh, even us us trainers we have to be curious and we have to go ahead of the trend a little bit and we have to use something that no one else is using. And I, I know Talesmart is really good at that. And we're all in the area of training with Talesmart and we like the capabilities of it because it's different and people like shiny objects, uh, but it's actually the engagement of shiny objects and actually yeah. using the shiny objects. So it benefits them and they actually create more value in with their clients and their clients, clients and so, so and forth. So, uh, awesome. Go. Yeah. So another technique um, that, that is still applicable, you know, in the physical environment was the use of gamification. Let's face it. Um, we're all competitive as, as salespeople. And when you engage the, the students to be competitive um, and use things like gamification to get them to, to participate, the engagement kicks up there. I mean, at Oracle, I used to have swag gifts, little little prizes for the team that won. You know, for example, we would um, play Jeopardy. We'd have Jeopardy games or Family Feud uh, tech activities to get them to participate in. It reinforces the concepts that you're training, but it also, because they're salespeople and they want to win, they're more likely to engage and want to participate. I agree, actually. Uh, yeah, I think gamification is awesome because we are all, as salespeople, we all want to be at the top. and But we have to have that on purpose. And we have to know what, uh, once we win, what does that enable us to do? How can we utilize and use that for our own potential? As trainers, as what we want, we want to make sure that we get that glint in the eyes of the trainees. And we want to make sure that they're go out there and smash it and they go out and uh, get get their sales in and do whatever. So it, it's all about that. Jazz, what about yourself? How do you think of that? In gamification? Yeah, yeah. No, in fact, yeah. You know, a lot of things in, in my mind. Uh, see, at the end of the day, uh, any salesperson has to love what they're doing. To love what they're doing, they should know what they're doing <laughs> and, and, and where they're heading to. If you really don't know, where are you heading to? You were just there for a job. Man, that's the wrong place to be. Sales, people are going to be kicking your butt. So it's more about like so today as well. I love to hone my craft. I just absolutely love it. I, I First thing was I always was very interested in, in selling. And second thing, when I met a person or trainer like Brian, he told me, dude, there's a process to it. And I was like, what? There's a process to sales? And then, you know, going down deeper, I broke down that same process into smaller parts because I, I learned Six Sigma as well. And I said, okay, if I have to drag this thing from here to here, divide this bigger process into smaller processes, and within these smaller processes, what are my KPIs and goals? To give you a very, 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 very uh, funny example, I was teaching my daughter. She is in grade 10. It just passed. She's a rising junior, and 
I told her, hey, we make these awesome um, animation training videos and we have in-house sales experts. You want to uh, try selling them for us? And she was like, dad, how do you sell it? I said, hey, do you know Instagram? She said, yeah. I said, we have something very funny called LinkedIn where we people sit with our own formal shirts and suits and, and talk. And she was like, okay. So I said, okay, see, these are the guys. Send them a message that, hey, we got this to show you. Are you interested? And she was like, dad, do people respond? I said, for majority, they don't. But if you do the right way, people do. And then we sent the messages. And I said, okay, tomorrow you follow up. And she was like, what do I follow up, dad? I said, ask them about the feedback. Did you like the video? Any feedback for us? And the next day when we said, I could see there were some people who were online. It shows a green dot. I said, look, they're online. Why don't you just ping them and say, hey, I saw you online, Brian. Did you happen to see my video? Guess what? She sent it to eight people. Three of them responded within the first five minutes. Human connection, man. So, yeah. yeah. So I think honing your craft and enjoying what you do and keep learning every day. Because people forget, you know, when you were kids, we were given books. We were into exercises. We were into trainings. And suddenly when I get a job, you stop it. So I believe you 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 stop learning, you stop growing. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, quick fire round, just go around the table. Um, I'm always about feeding forward, always about giving golden nuggets, always about uh, like we've given loads and loads of wonderful uh, things in, within this podcast, within this live chat that we have today. But Brian, what is your one thing that as a golden gift, one thing, not, not five, but one thing that you can give that is awesome that uh, people listening and watching this when we push this up or listening right now, what would what's one thing that you can give? Big believer that press that process takes pressure off the person. If you have a process in selling, let the process absorb any pressure between you and the prospect. If you're training, you've got a training process. Jazzy said, is he broke it down and divide and conquer kind of thing. Don't put pressure on you. Don't put pressure on the student or the prospect. Allow the process to absorb the pressure, which means you've got to have a process. Awesome. Brilliant. Love it. Wilson. You know, I mean, this is going to sound a little off the wall, but I think that you really should make training fun to engage yeah. your students to want to learn and to capture what it is that you're saying. If you can make it entertaining with humorous videos, utilizing gamification and other techniques, they're more likely to walk away and apply it and do it if you're making it engaging, fun. Brilliant. Uh, Jazz, what about yourself? Yeah, I have one word for it, persistence. It takes time, my friend, and keep learning every day. Enjoy what you do. You know, those, those that's that's one thing for me. Top is persistence, and the second one is keep learning every day, regardless even it's one minute or even five minutes a day. Yeah. So hone your craft. Yeah. 
I, I, I like, Jason, I'd like to unpack a couple of those things. First of all, you never graduate from selling. So yeah. you're always, and I love what you, I, I love the word craft. I'm a big believer we need to respect our craft, honor our craft, but to continue to learn our craft. And, and yeah. to me, to me, that's important. There's several ways to engage and connect with people. And the words you choose, the words you plan to choose, where you intersperse the humor. But one of the biggest things I found, because I, I struggled early in my sales career. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't sell a lot. I did. I sold my furniture and I sold my car. But as a struggling salesperson, I'm not afraid to open up and say, look, I've been there. Yeah. And I don't mind being vulnerable in front of a group of well, prospects or students because I'm still learning my craft. And one of the things I like to do, maybe to Wilson's point, is that challenge me when I throw out the first example, I'm going to be the salesperson and the student is going to be the prospect. And you've got students out there. We've all been there where they want to play stump the instructor yeah. and they'll throw you their, their, their biggest curveball. And if yeah. you struggle with that, they'll see it and they'll know that you're still learning your craft. So I think vulnerability is also a, a key ingredient in this. Yeah, I totally and utterly concur with that. If uh, look, we're not robots, and I know when we first start out in sales, it's you pretend to be something that you're not. But if if you hold back, and I think that's true to life, when you're a little bit more vulnerable, and you can resonate with them because you have been there, and like we've all sold, and now we're just cheating others what we've learned, and like the the bad times, as also because that everyone's going to go through it. They're not, unless you're just high flying all the time, which is impossible. So you've got to have the ups and the downs, but you have to resonate with your audience. And the more you can do that, I would say uh, the biggest thing for me is passion. Get your passion out. The more passionate that you are, the better that you come across. And the better that you come across with uh, excitement and enthusiasm, uh, because people like people like that. But, you know, you don't have to go as fast as you like. There's different styles of trainers and there's different styles of salespeople. Some people are more, um, I don't know, they're, they're, they think in different ways. So we have to match everyone in those sort of terms. But big P and big passion for me, really. Look, I really appreciate you coming on board today. It's been awesome. And I think we're going to have to do it again because uh, there's so much more we can give. But uh, we've got limitations in time today. So... I thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this wonderful episode of the Global Sales Leader Podcast. LinkedIn Live panel discussion. If you like what you hear and you'd like to hear more of this, um, please come check it out on iTunes, uh, Spotify, YouTube, and also check out the website at jasoncooper.io. If you have any special requests and you want to be invited onto the show and you have something different, uh, please uh, check me out on jcooper at jasoncooper.io. Appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.